The Flourishing Workplace podcast is all about business and nonprofit leaders who are changing things. It's for the innovators, the risk takers, and the change agents who are going beyond business as usual, and they're creating the future. They are done with the status quo, and they are rising to a new opportunity. They think innovation, and they create it. Whether you're listening at work, at the gym, or on your commute, here you're going to find inspiration for your business or nonprofit to have impact and to create workplaces, people, and communities that flourish. Sounds great. Well, welcome, everyone. This is officially our Flourishing Workplace podcast live, and I'm really excited to have Ian Green all the way from the UK. He is the founder of Next Level International, which has worked in 17 nations in Europe. Um, They also have international offices in New Zealand, Australia, US, Canada, and the UK. And he was the CEO of Proton Foundation, which uh, this, this company, I love this, this NGO, it's about diversity and creating a brand new approach to um, nonprofits in modern day Europe. And it started with a special focus on social action projects, which has impacted so many communities. Since 2019, the Proton Foundation has shifted its focus to run two specific programs. The first is, interestingly enough, the Flourish Project, which is equipping young people to uh, develop healthy self-esteem, mental health, and emotional well-being. And we love what they're doing there. And the second is the Global Transformation Project, which encompasses all that Ian focuses on. And so Ian, he is a challenging and yet inspiring uh, person. I love Ian. He always talks straight He travels um, extensively all over the globe. That's how I met him, was when he came to Canada to speak. And I've heard him on numerous occasions. You are in for a treat. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. Real pleasure to be with you guys today. So happy to be a part of this uh, webinar podcast. Yes. Well, it's going to be a great conversation. And I want to dive right in by asking uh, a little bit about the Proton Foundation. And, you know, you talk about creating profitable or sustainable NGOs in Europe, creating jobs, employment, combating poverty. Could you talk to us a little bit about what that's looked like? Yeah, so uh, we, I believe that the whole shift of the NGO is, has changed and is changing, that we have to look for sustain, self-sustainable models. So we have tried to do that. We're not completely there at the moment, but we've certainly assisted and helped other NGOs to get there too. Give you a quick brief. Um, there's a group that we work with uh, in Uganda that uh, they're specialist coffee um, growers. And so um, it was just largely a commercial kind of company. Um, and uh, many of you will know that in Africa, in most places in Africa, you have to pay to go to school. It's not free education. And so when we kind of engage with them, I said, so how many of the children go to school of the farmer's, farmer's children? And so there's like zero. So I said, why is that? Oh, we can't, we can't afford to send our kids to school, you know? So I said, well, what do we have to pay for the coffee so they can can go to school. 
So they says, oh, that's a lot of money. So I says, well, what does that mean? A, a lot of money. And so this is, we'd, we'd have to put 10 cents a kilo on the price. <laughs> so I did my best not to laugh, right? Because it's just too flipping ridiculous, you know, 10 cents a kilo and kids can go to school. And so that began to start the process of uh, seeing a commercial environment um, provide a very social impact just by a, a slither of a margin, enable them to do that. When we were in Romania, there was a couple of things we tried to help there. There was um, a construction company that we partnered with that um, they, they, we took them through a skill training and then tried to get them work after that. And there was uh, the group that we worked with there, Caleb Foundation, they started a whole sewing shop where um, some of the Roma women made uh, specialist cards and then aprons and various things. And so we think the way forward, we have to try to find a way, have to try to find a way to become economically sustainable. And Hannah is really uh, the CEO of Prodon. She's really leading the charge and probably taking it to another level from where I did in terms of the Flourish program is partly sponsored by individuals, but also um, we try to sell it into schools and environments um, that can actually afford, can afford it. And then that ultimately will make it totally sustainable, which is perfect. Wow. That's just awesome. I've seen your Flourish project curriculum online and it is fantastic for young people. And I, I said to Abe, I almost laughed, actually. One of the first questions was, what does it mean to flourish? I'm like, what's going on? Hey, Abe? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that uh, project, Ian? Uh, and I think it's, it's interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One is because, of course, we're uh, also quite focused, uh, you could say, on flourishing as a uh, concept and as a way of living. But also because, you know, I, I saw this recent research that uh, about 50% of young adults and youth in the English speaking world are, are having a essentially what they would describe as a clinical level of risk of mental health disorders right now through the COVID pandemic. And of course, uh, you know, we're talking about a second pandemic, a mental health pandemic. And, and so you're right into that space, it sounds like with uh, this, this Flourish solution. So tell us a bit about that. So it started in 2017. Hannah, who at that point was my uh, PA, my personal assistant, and she came with this passion to help young people. She had, um, at that time, we had run an internal course for, um, for our staff, everybody who joined our staff. We, we ran them through a particular course, which is, you know, being healthy-minded and positive and, and um, seeing the best in every situation and uh, um, sabotaging negative thinking. That really impacted her. But in her heart, she really wanted to help young people. She'd had some challenging experiences growing up, and she felt that she'd come to a point where she really wanted to help young people. And so as we chatted uh, together, um, I said, Hannah, we have to find a way to get you funded to do this. And so she took off and has done an absolutely amazing, an amazing job of, of 
the curriculum development, the marketing, the, the impact that we're almost getting on a weekly basis. We're in Scotland. Um, we're talking to people in Denmark. Um, we've got incredible favour in Wales, um, in your immediate area in Leicestershire. <laughs> um, been in uh, 10 or 12 schools uh, there. And uh, we, I think we have found that it's not only been helpful to the children, but uh, we train facilitators because the demand is so much. We have to find a way to multiply, right? And so um, as she's done it with uh, school teachers to facilitate the program, particularly in Wales, I mean, one particular situation, I mean, the the, the school teacher broke down in teachers. I've never heard anything like this in my life. I've been on training courses all my professional life. I've never done a course like this. She's this... It's revolutionizing me. It's going to revolutionize the way how I teach. It's going to revolutionize how I'm going to parent. It's just so impactful. Thank you for coming to our school to, 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 to deliver this. And so um, we're well over a thousand young people that have gone through it at the moment. About 100, 180 plus adults have been trained uh, how to use the program. And so, yeah, we're we're pretty, pretty pumped and pretty excited. And Hannah's doing just an amazing job. Hannah is amazing. And I, I think that you're pretty remarkable there, Ian, because, you know, here you have led so many initiatives. You've been all across Europe. You are a very powerful leader. And when I heard that you pretty much handed over Proton to Hannah, and now she's the CEO, I was really moved by that because... I think that a lot of leaders say they want to invest in people. They say they want to raise up other leaders, but often there's a lot of barriers to that. The actual doing of it um, becomes harder than, than maybe we think. And I would love to ask you a little bit about that process and why is it so important to leave a legacy, to, to raise up other leaders? Maybe tell us some of your thoughts on those. Yeah, sure. So I, I grew up in an environment where I had little mentoring and little training and basically uh, learned a fair amount through the school of hard knocks. Um, and so that created a desire in me. I'm thinking, I'm not letting people go through what I went through. I have to find a way to help people. And so most of my adult work in life, I youth passed it from when I was uh, 20. That was like a minister in a church for young people. Um, and then ended up leading a national youth organization in the UK. And my mandate was, was always, how do we raise the next generation of leaders? I guess I live out my life with, um, with some generational thinking. Uh, we are just stepping stones for the next people. We are here to make it better for the people coming behind us. And they're going to make it better for the people coming behind them. And so with that framework, in my mind, I'm always looking for people to invest in. I'm always looking for people who I can lift up to. So even now, even this old guy now, I'm kind of mentoring online probably 15 to 20 people a month. Um, and many of them will be in their 20s because I, I actually believe they've got the goods, they've got the sorties, they can, they're going to do much better than I've ever done. And so I think there's a, an internal belief system in me that, that um, I can help to lay a foundation, but I believe there's so much talent coming behind me. I just have to find a way to 
put some fuel on the fire to get them going. And so it was with Hannah. When Hannah came to me one day and she says, look, I've got this burden. I've got this passion for young people. Um, and we, you know, we have our normal one-on-ones <clears throat> every month. And I could feel the passion just growing month after month. And I go, we have to find a way to make this happen. I don't know how we can, we're going to have to find a way to make it happen. And it, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Hannah has just done an absolutely bang up, incredible, what I could never do, right? I'm not skilled like she is. I'm not competent like she is. She is unique and special, but she brings those gifts to the table. I can stand behind encouraging her. I can try to connect her to potential resources, whatever, but she's actually, she's the delivery system. That's all I can do is throw a bit of wood on the fire, but she's actually the delivery system. And so that's been largely a pattern for my life. I've, I've um, started, uh, well, numbers of organizations, um, two international, Proton and Next Love International. And um, our mandate has always been to find people who we can hand it over to so that I can actually do the next thing. I'm, I'm basically a pioneer, right? I'm a pioneer at heart. So powerful. So, so, you know, I think that's a message that's so critical today. I mean, one of the reasons, uh, you know, we're focused here on flourishing workplaces and one of the reasons a workplace does not thrive if, if, is if there is no clear path for leadership development, right? And so I know I have all of this capacity and this talent maybe as a leader. Why doesn't a guy above me create some space and why don't they allow for that to develop? So, what do you think is, is a critical sort of makeup uh, in a leader who is interested in sustainability beyond like their own life, but actually, like you're saying, wants to take a generational approach, but, but that's a unique psychology. I mean, most leaders don't have that, to be honest. And uh, what has, um, has been helpful for you in maintaining that kind of a mindset? I think um, the first thing is, it's not about me, right? It's, it's not about me. It's about the mission of the organization that I may have the privilege of leading at that time. So when you understand the mission and then you understand there's some level of humility, you understand what you don't have and, and you actually need people. You know, I, I remember in one of the organizations I led, you know, we had... Um, we have 35, we have 35 staff, um, 100 trainers, and some of my friends said, well, like, do you need any, do you need any more? I said, if you knew all the things I couldn't do, you'd realize I need at least another 100 people. <laughs> and so one is understanding the mission of the organization. It's not about me. It's about the mission of the organization or the mission of the company. Number two, how do I best do that? I am, I am, you know, I am, I am not the fourth member of the Godhead. I am, I'm not super multi-talented in every single area of my life. So that means, that means to say I need people and I need people who can do things better than me. And so I go on the hunt for those for those kind of people. And so one of the exercises we did in Proton, we'd kind of been together as a team. We were a small team at that time, just four or five people. And I said, okay, let's throw everybody's job description on the desk. Because it's fairly obvious to me, some of you are great at some of this and some of you are hopeless at some of this. Let's try and reorganize 
our job descriptions in line with the mission of the organization. Now, I can't promise everybody's going to do 100% of what they love doing, but we at least got to get people in between 70 to 80% of what they're good at, what they're confident at. And so, so we had that exercise. It was a two-day exercise, and actually Hannah led, the, led that process for us. And, and coming out of that, we were all much more empowered much more energized, much more satisfied. We all realized there was stuff that maybe wasn't our first choice, but needed to be done because the mission was more important than our personal satisfaction. But we wanted people to have some level of satisfaction in what they were doing, right? And so, you know, to answer the question, the mission is bigger than the leader. the leader has a, must have a level of humility to under, understand he can't do this by himself. Go find ta- either find talent or develop people in the organization that will rise up to achieve the mission of the organization. So good, Ian. Anyone else feeling that right now? I am, <laughs> you know, we have a live studio audience here and they all got their hands raised. So good. Well, you know, this is a little off script and I, I didn't expect Hannah to be here today. And I, you know, Ian, you can say all you want, but uh, I wonder, you know, here's Hannah now. Here's the one that you've raised up. She's here. I'm wondering, Hannah, if you wouldn't mind unmuting and maybe share with us, you know, what has this transition been like? You're the one on the receiving end. You're the one that Ian is empowering to take over an entire organization that he raised up from the ground and it's, it's his baby and has given to you. I wonder if there's a couple of things maybe, you know, you and Ian could share with us that has made this transition possible. Is it okay if I put you on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the foremost things for me is that somebody believed in me, you know, and I think that is so important is having somebody go, actually, Hannah, I see this potential, I see this leadership gift, I see this in you, and and like we said, be willing to step there like aside and let you kind of run up alongside them. I also think it's really important with Ian, he's always about enabling, empowering, empowering and resourcing. And one of the biggest um, areas that I've learned is <laughs> it's okay to make mistakes in that safe place, you know? And that has helped me um, (laughs) so much to understand that actually um, I'm going to make mistakes, but it's how I learn from them, how that develops my character. And um, with Ian, I've I've learned so much about it. So it's character um, over compromise. And I think that's such importance as well. Um, it's been difficult it's not been the easiest time because I'm just having to like I feel like you know a bit like the swan or whatever on the water and you're pedaling like really hard but I know that Ian's always there for me to contact Ian's always made himself available and that's something that's such um is 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 so amazing that I know that I can just whatsapp him message him ask his thoughts and he'll always make time um, and always is willing to invest and I think that's the most important that is actually invested and it's always about sharing knowledge as well not keeping it to yourself it's about 
you sharing the knowledge, you learning from that, and you passing that on and continuing about passing on the baton as well. So that for me, um, I don't know if that maps answers the question or a little bit gone off. <laughs> I think, you know, obviously for the sake of the for the sake of the podcast, we um Hannah used a term called, you know, um, it's okay to fail, right? So we actually banned that word in the organization. You, it's not in this organization. It's not possible to fail. You can only learn. Yeah. You can only learn. You can't fail. It's impossible to fail. This is an organization where it's impossible to fail. So that becomes incredibly liberating for people, right? Because particularly if people come out of very difficult workplaces where, you know. That culture's not there. It's how many bowls are in the tray at the end of the week and all that kind of carry on. But but I've discovered if you want to get creativity, if you want to get energy, if you want to grow beyond natural capacity, then you have to release people with a, a level and a culture that will get them to rise beyond who they are. And we can, you know, I've always said we we do more together than we can do on our own. And well, I, I proved that again and again and again, that that, that absolutely is the case. And, and and good for Anna, she rose to it. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, there was a, a defined transition. It was, it was over a couple of years. I would meet with her, talk to her CEO responsibilities, um, try to equip her in that area. And, and I remember when I came to the point and I thought, no, it's time, it's time now for Anna to do this. And I remember when I said to Anna, I'm done at the end of the year. You're taking over. So she goes into a goes into a, a quiet panic and then because of her personality, a very loud panic. Um, and then I said, no, 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 you're good to go now. You're absolutely good to go because she was good to go, right? She was good to go. And like for most of us, we don't have everything together. We actually... We actually learn as we go. In fact, if we don't go, we don't learn the things that is critical for our personal growth as well as our professional growth. For sure. For sure. And, and so what were some of the challenges you guys experienced? Because it sounds pretty like um, really smooth and everything was just perfect. And, and so did you guys have any challenges along the way or did it just sort of happen? I would I would say one of the challenges I'll speak for I'll speak for Anna and Anna can speak for Hannah can speak for me, but I think I've had a I've had a special gift for um resource raising, you know, um in terms of finding money to do to do the mission, right? Um that's not been that that's not been Hannah's strength and forte. I, I've had lots of privilege because I, I know so many people globally. I've travel the globe 15 to 17 days a month for 30 years. So I know a lot of people. She's she doesn't have that experience, right? So then we had to we had to get creativity to kick in. And because she's a creative herself, she came up with other strategies to resource the organization while we're on the way to becoming self-sustainable, where flourish will eventually pay for itself. But she did that. And I I don't know if Anna you would concur with that but I think that that was a hurdle that we had to get over and that was a mental block that you have how we're going to get the money to do what we're going to do right yeah yeah no absolutely and 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 also what I would say is um communication between between us both as well so even though 
it was the kind of the moving away of global transformation from Proton because Ian's still in global transformation. So it was, it was the way that we communicated that and the way that we advertised that, you know, with, with, with our supporters, isn't it, Ian? Because you've yeah. set up now. Um, and I think that was key that we wanted it to be, no, this is an agreement. You know, this is what's, what's best. And, and we are happy with this decision as well, you know, because when some people see somebody moving away, they can think, oh, what, what's going on? But that was not the case at all. It was that we're championing each other. And I think that, is, again, is the key, that we are championing each other. And whatever Ian's doing, I'm championing him. And I know in whatever I'm doing, however, however Proton is going to work or go forward or move forward, that he will always be champion, championing the organization as well and myself yeah so like this last week it was my birthday it was my birthday this yep. last week so i got took a fundraiser for proton not for global transformation i did a fundraiser for proton because i absolutely believe in the mission it's not my responsibility now it's hannah's responsibility but my heart i absolutely believe in hannah and i believe in the mission and so i'll advocate i i'm not a part of the organization i'm not on the board i'm but I believe in it, right? And 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 all all good things come out of good relationships. Yes, so true, so true. All good things come out of good relationships. It really is about people at the end it of is. the day. And you model it so well, Ian. I just uh, all the years I've had the pleasure of knowing you, seeing you in action. You really do live this. And now I've been getting to know Hannah and seeing what a spitball fire she is and absolutely <laughs> loving what you guys do. You have friends here in Canada, in North America, in, in Wellness Innovate and our flourishing, not just workplace, but our whole flourishing umbrella. We are cheering you guys on. We love you. Thank you. And we, we are, we're just big fans. And so I want to thank you so much for coming on our live podcast today. You both are really, really special. Hey, it's been a real pleasure to be with you guys. And I trust what we shared um, would, uh, will it be of some help. If there are people interested in the Flourish Project, just go to protonfoundation.com. And uh, it's all there. And uh, Anna and the team will be in touch with you. We, we want to bring full health to young people. That's our passion. Young people and families, full health. And we can do that. And we believe our tools are absolutely magnificent to help you and your surrounding area to do that. So good. That's awesome. Thank you. And thanks to you too, Hannah. Awesome. Well, we're going to transition for a moment just to talk a little bit about how we can do this. Now, maybe you're listening to Ian and Hannah and you're like, this is so inspiring. Who is inspired right now? Who's feeling like this is amazing? Maybe put a yes in the chat. Tell us, is this been inspiring for you? Has it lifted you today? If it has, then there's an actual way to make this a reality wherever you are, whether you're like Therese, a school principal, whether you're working with five people or whether you're an entrepreneur by yourself, it is possible to always be investing in other people. And one of the things that we do at Flourishing Workplace is we believe that we can change the world. We really believe that. And we believe that we do that specifically by changing the workplace. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, at Flourishing Workplace, uh, you know, and, and very much like uh, the vision that uh, Ian and Hannah shared uh, with young people and with families, uh, we also think that uh, you can flourish in the workplace, right? That the workplace does not have to be that place where you, you pack a bottle of Tylenol, you know, just to get through the day, you know, because of the tension headaches uh, and you have to keep drinking one coffee after another to get a little bit of a buzz. But we actually think that if the workplace is properly focused on people and purpose, well, how many of you would agree with me when I say that profit will follow? And in the nonprofit space, profit is important as well, because that is really the idea of sustainability, right? We need to take in enough in order to continue to be relevant in the world. And so at Flourishing Workplace, we're focused on people, we're focused on purpose and profit. Now, one of the things we've discovered is due to COVID, many businesses are struggling and nonprofits with team culture and they're feeling overwhelmed. Like it's, it's a, a crazy sort of place right now because even prior to COVID, a lot of experts were talking about a bit of a mental health crisis in the workplace because of toxic environments, bullying, harassment, uh, in, improper leadership practices, sometimes unethical behavior. And, uh, and simply put, people didn't have a roadmap. And so we at Flourishing Workplace, I think we have a pretty simple process for identifying the challenges and providing evidence-based solutions for those same workplaces. Uh, what that's going to do is create healthy teams. And also in time, it will improve for sure the bottom line. Absolutely. You know, we spend so much time at work, whether it's home, whether it's at an actual office right now, we spend too much time at a workplace for it to be intense or toxic or stressful or overwhelmed. And, you know, when it comes to workplaces, those types of workplaces are no fun. And how many of you know that fun is extremely important? And I'm not talking about fun, like if it's not fun, if it's not exciting and the new thing, I'm not gonna do it. No, it, it's, we're talking about purpose. It's yeah. fun to live in your purpose. It's fun to feel like you're contributing. It's fun when you get to be creative. It's fun when you're living in your zone. It's fun when you get to do what you were put on this earth to do. But the environment around us can either squish that, it can limit it, it can make it feel burdensome, or it can actually enhance us. And that's what we want to do. We want to create flourishing workplaces where people's purpose and destinies come alive. And, you know, I mean, we really believe, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're in a tough time right now from a societal perspective. You know, if you were to listen to the media uh, only, you would think that we were just at war with each other every day. Um, you know, but, but, but though there is a lot of exaggeration uh, around division in society, there is still division, right? There is inequality. There is people who feel like they don't belong. There are people who are excluded for one reason or another, and none of it's okay. And so, you know, we really do believe in a workplace where everyone can thrive, you know? Um, and, and, you know, when, when we were listening to Ian, you know, he's talking about Hannah and positioning her to thrive. It's, it's probably not a huge leap to say that she wouldn't be completely where she is today without the workplace and the support that she got from Ian to help her get there and, and probably vice versa. You know, Ian said several times that he couldn't accomplish as much as he did without the team 
and without the, the leadership of others. And, you know, so we really do think that you could have a workplace where everyone can thrive, where everyone can belong and everyone can contribute. As a matter of fact, um, there's probably nothing worse than being in a workplace where you can't, don't feel like you can, can contribute and you can give your best every day. And so at Flourishing Workplace, I mean, obviously we don't just care about the business. Uh, the business is what the business is, right? And of course we need the business to, to thrive, but we also care about you as an individual and uh, of course uh, you and your team. So what are these next steps maybe that you could take to live out what you've heard today? It's, it's not enough to hear it. We need to do something about it. And so what we would yeah. love to ask for you to do is to book a discovery session with us. And what we want to do in that discovery session is we want to come up with a detailed roadmap that's tailored for you and your workplace. And then we want to walk with you to put that in practice. And so you can reach us at info at flourishingworkplace.com. This is our website, Flourishing Workplace, which you probably had to visit to get here. You'll also want to visit it because next month, every month we're doing our podcast live and we have Dr. Jody Carrington joining us. And who knows Dr. Jody? She's here from Alberta in Olds and uh, she is an amazing psychologist who talks about the power of connection and she'll be our guest next month. So put this in your calendar, get, get registered, invite people because it's going to be an incredible time. But again, we just want to thank uh, Ian and Hannah for being here today. This was an incredible uh, time together. I feel personally very inspired and continuing on to do what we do at Flourishing here in Canada. And we're looking for ways to work with Flourish over there in the UK, actually. We'll keep everyone tuned in on that one. But thank you so much again for coming. And back to you, Abe, to close us off. Yeah, again, thanks so much, Ian. So nice to get to know you and uh, nice to connect with you as well, Hannah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And, you know, we, we really think that there's a revolution happening, right? As, as the idea of flourishing uh, just as an individual has begun to explode and with the work that we heard from Hannah and Ian, they're doing with young people, we also think that it's happening in the workplace, right? And you want to be a part of that, right? You don't want to wait until there's a human rights complaint at your doorstep or somebody who's, you know, filing a lawsuit because they don't feel like they are involved. And, you know, it's interesting because people say today, I'd love to build a flourishing workplace. Of course I would. Like, who wouldn't? Uh, but, but, but I don't know how. And so if you could book a discovery call, we'd love to provide you with that detailed roadmap and then walk with you to implement it. And please do join us for that uh, next webinar on uh, June 16th with Dr. Jody Carrington. And if you have any needs or would like to reach out, please do. So thank you so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time around. And uh, please do enjoy the rest of your week.